actually supposed to say too. Welcome back to Closet Boys. I'm Christopher Walken, and uh, and I'm Howard Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's start it like that. Um, <laughs> welcome back, everybody. Uh, so, before we start today, I wanted to briefly mention something that I thought was pretty mind blowing. I just saw this in the news. Um, Jake, stop me if you've heard this yet. Mm-hmm. Baskin Robbins okay. ice cream, yeah, yeah, store. Mm-hmm. Is releasing a new flavor. Okay. Called that bitch Carol Baskin. You know, it's part of their 31 flavors. It's like an orange sherbet with like some blackberries. So it's supposed to look like a tiger. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um. So, but the the flavor is going to be called that bitch Carol Baskin. Yeah, to capitalize on Tiger King, and then they said like <laughs> a certain percentage of the proceeds from that flavor would go to uh you know tiger sanctuaries and yeah all that yeah. kind of thing so it's like a conservation effort uh what do you think of that um i say that uh baskin robbins is on carol baskin's hit list now and we might find 31 tigers with 31 different flavors mm-hmm. uh in the, her sanctuary soon um i I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's brilliant by, by Baskin Robbins. That's a great marketing technique. Right. Um, Carol Baskin was just my least favorite person in that in that docuseries. Yeah. Well, it makes you feel any better. Everything I just said, completely made up. I <laughs> <laughs> thought about that on the car ride over. I was kind of like, Carol Baskins, Baskin Robbins, they would totally make sense for them to team up and do an ice cream flavor where the proceeds go to Tigers. Man, it would be cool. And of course, they're not doing it, as far as I know. I think that would be a fen- uh, that'd be a phenomenal idea. Yeah, I think they would probably <laughs> run into some trouble calling it that bitch Carol Baskin, though, because <laughs> that's how everybody in Tiger King referred to her, which I love. That bitch Carol Baskin. Yeah, it's like Baskin. like that was it wasn't like Doctor or Mrs. It was just that bitch yeah. Carol Baskins. It oh, that bitch Carol is she a doctor? No. Okay, good. I, I Nobody on that show is a doctor. No, no, except for Doc. He's not literally a doctor. He calls himself a doctor. I could do that too. The doctor of sexual assault. Yep. All right. Well, his is, is actually for mysticism, which I think, you know, it, that's actually part of it. It should be. Yeah. Um. So, who was the real villain in Tiger King? The real villain in Tiger King was Jeff Lowe. I think so as well. The whole time. The whole time. Yeah. Jeff Lowe was an evil human being. I don't know what it is about him, but I hate looking at him. Like, he could, like, his whole thing could have been, like, oh, he donates to homeless children every year. Like, he never, he's never cheated on his taxes. Like, he's just an all-around upstanding guy. If I looked at him, I'm like, no, I don't believe any any word of that. Even if they had the paperwork to prove it. No, I can, I, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%, I completely agree with that. No um, one dresses like that and is a good person, you know? No. No. Uh, so, I think... I do think that he, he he was the villain behind all of it, uh, and I, what I can't get behind though is this movement to free Joe Exotic. Oh, that was insane! Prison. Yeah. Uh, why do people want him out of? He is a terrible human being. Right. I think as they feel bad for him because they're like, oh, he got tricked into wanting to kill Carol Baskin. I'm like he still wanted to. He wanted to kill Carol Baskin. And then he set the plan in motion. Jeff definitely was like, yeah, I'll help you out with it, <laughs> and like kind of set him up in that way. But yeah. like. 
Joe could have just been like, look, I know I say a lot of shit all the time, but I didn't really mean it. You know what I mean? Like, I want her dead, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Like, that kind of mentality. But he's just like, no, go get your friend with the eyedrop tattoo, or the, the teardrop tattoo, and, uh, yeah, let, let's, yeah, you know you know somebody that kills somebody, right? He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Alan, with the teardrop tattoo. Of course he's killed people before. Yeah, the guy who just so happens to be on campus as well, doing all of the hard labor. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was just a very strange situation, but I don't, I do not support freeing Joe Exotic no. from prison. And then, like, even President Trump had something about that. He's oh, yeah, like, he was thinking about He's like, I'll look him. into it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> there are so many better things that you could be looking into right now. Right. Can you imagine if he, like, freed Joe, if he pardoned Joe Exotic? Yeah. And then he was like, look at all the things I did with my administration, all right? <laughs> Coronavirus, Joe Exotic this year. I, I still thought it was the funniest thing when the... The, the dorky guy that was brought into the it brought into the fold the guy oh, the his campaign, campaign manager, manager. oh Josh like, Dial I yeah. felt so bad for him originally yes and then I found some shit out about him and then I felt less bad about him really not, this is new information I, I need to hear this so you know on the show he's just like hey I'm uh, I'm Joe's career manager or career Cam- manager. campaign manager campaign manager yeah yeah Joe Exotic manages his own career let's put it that way he. <laughs> Uh, you know, he's he's trying to set him up as this libertarian candidate, and he's, I guess, doing his best. I mean, he's never done anything like this before. And then he just kind of gets, like, roped into all of this crazy that's going on around him. Post that, and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, he only did this because of, like, PTSD for him working there and all this other kind of stuff. I don't really know if I buy it, honestly, but basically he, like, assaulted somebody with some, like, ninja sword. What? Yeah, like... Not a regular weapon, but, like, a ninja sword. What happens out there? I know. Anything. Anything goes. It's, like, it's the Old West, but it's the New West. Yeah. Or maybe it's just the West. And what was the name of that guy, the the heavyset guy with the horrible hair? Oh, the Chucky Doll guy. Yes. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to refer to him as Chucky Doll. Chucky Doll guy. Yeah. He, he is... And I, I don't I don't want to sound offensive at all, but he is. No, please go ahead. But he he is, uh, like, the gross. Ste- yeah, <laughs> he, he is just the stereotypical American. And that's what I think that like all mm. Europeans think. Please, for our five European watchers, yeah. <laughs> please please let us know that if if that if you've watched the Tiger King, uh, if that is what you know the rest of the world views Americans as. Because he is just a disgusting person. Right. Well, as somebody that's lived in this country, you know, my entire life, that's what I think most Americans look like. Uh, yeah, I feel like he sweats like fryer grease. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Like, if you stay around him for too long, you need to go into a cleansing room for at least a couple of days. Yeah. All his shirts are, like, stained at the pits, like, yes. yellow just yeah, all the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I have some like that myself, but I feel like his... It's a little bit more frequent for some reason. Yeah, but it's just almost as if he's just, like, sweating butter rather than, you know, that just being a discoloration from Ugh. a shirt, you know, existing for too long. I know for a fact that that guy's done something. Like, it's weird because, like, a series as straightforward as Tiger King, it should be something very simple of, like, Joe, jo- Joe Exotic has this guy try to kill Carol. Now he's behind bars. Yes. And then there's some, like, other, like, less tangible things, like, oh, I'm telling this tiger, but, like, it's, like, somehow kind of legal, but not really, and there's a lot of, like, gray area stuff that happens, so I feel like with that guy, he's just a whole lot of gray area. 
The other thing that really confused me was that the Chucky doll guy was working with the feds, correct? At some point, yeah, he fl- he flip flops. Yeah, so he works with the feds, but he doesn't. But he wants everybody to know that he worked for the feds. Doesn't that put his his livelihood in, in jeopardy? Most likely, yeah. But these people on here aren't like smart. No, they are not. No, I mean you have Jeff Lowe basically sit down like, you know, I just really wanted to get that sound bite to make Joe Exotic look really guilty. He said that on camera. Everybody saw that, and. Like, doesn't that make it seem like he was trying to set Joe up? Even though Joe is still in the wrong. Yeah, like, Joe is absolutely in the wrong. Is wrong. Yes, yes. Joe is absolutely in the wrong. Yeah. Joe is a terrifying human being. Terrifying yeah. human being. But uh, speaking of terrifying human beings, yeah. uh, Joe Biden right. has officially become, will officially become the Democratic nominee. Uh, Bernie Sanders has dropped out. Bernie Sanders realized that um, a prerequisite to becoming the president is having at least several sexual assault charges pre- right. pressed against you. And because Bernie doesn't have any of those, he was like, oh, shoot, I guess I can't become the president of the United States. Right. Um, I just want to give people health care. I don't want to grab or grope somebody's boobies. Right. Um, so unless it's for a breast exam, yes. which would be paid for by yes. Medicare for all. Which would be paid for by Medicare for all. Right. Um get your mammograms, people. Yeah. Uh so I, I would like to I would like to get both of our takes on this. Um you know, we were talking about it a little bit before we went live, but uh you know, this idea of vote blue no matter who mm-hmm. and um whether or not Joe Biden has earned our vote or whether we should vote for Joe Biden because he is the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's go on a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm of the mentality, and I've said this off, not camera, but mic before. Yes. So if this was any other Republican candidate running, your Mitt Romney's, your John yes. McCain's, any other kind of Republican candidate versus Joe Biden, I would probably say, probably going to sit this election out. Now, normally, I vote in any election that I can, even the state and local yes. ones, you know, just to exercise that power. Um, well, let me, let, yeah. uh, just, just a quick sidebar with that. Um, in my, uh, a, a conscious abstaining from voting mm-hmm. is a vote in itself. Okay. I take it as a form of protest. Where if you if you can articulate and you can justify as to why you don't want to vote in right. a particular election, abstaining is a vote. Okay. Um, voting for the you know not voting for the sake of not voting or not voting because you uh, you know you just wanted to stay home. That's where I you know that's where I don't I don't approve of that. So that I mean that would be kind of like lazy, right? Yes. That's yeah. that's ultimately what mm-hmm. it is. Right, so it's laziness versus like consciously choosing yes. to not. Vote. Yeah, I could see the difference in that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with me personally, though. So you know, again, let's say it was it, instead of Donald Trump, it was like Mitt Romney or John McCain or blah blah blah. Although any anybody else in the Republican pantheon, right? Yeah. Versus Joe Biden. See, this would be an example of like where I probably feel a little bit more comfortable sitting out, right? Because at this point, it's like, well, I don't think anything will change either way, right? It's like, all oh, the Republicans are so evil, I, I couldn't possibly vote for one of them or, like, have them take the office. Like, it has yeah. to be Joe Biden, but, like, all the things that he's been promising so far, like, I'm not impressed, mm-hmm. right? So he certainly hasn't owned his vote for me in that sense. Now, because it's Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, I feel like I have to jump in and I have to vote. Yeah. 
because I'm also of the mentality, and I can go, I can go, sort of back and forth on this. I thought about all of the people that aren't able to vote in this election or any election because of things like maybe they have a felony on their record, um, maybe they're not here legally, um, maybe they're not old enough. Yeah, you know, any kind of thing that's stopping someone from voting. I realize the power of that person's vote and many people because there's tons of people that have those sorts of uh, prohibitions yeah like I have to vote for them too mm-hmm. right so like my vote isn't just mine alone I have to think about all the people that are like all the good people so you're voting for the movement you're voting for you're voting for the marginalized group that doesn't have a say right a right you know and I think that as to try and protect them yeah, as someone that is technically part of the like majority ruling class, if you want to call it the patriarchy, if you want to call it like, you know, just the white man, right? Like, yeah. I'm a heterosexual, cisgendered, uh, white man mm-hmm. in this country, right? It's typically thought of as the ruling class. Now, I don't typically agree with the policies ascribed by those people. Yes, but as somebody who has a little bit more, uh, a fuller backpack of privilege, right? essentially, it, we need to exercise that so that way we can try and create provisions or social safety nets so everybody can experience that type of, of privilege. Right. right. You know, I can't really feel good about myself and the accomplishments I make when someone wasn't at the same starting line that I was, yeah. right? I'm not saying I'm the most privileged person in the world, but yeah, you have to be aware of your privileges. And if one of those privileges, the ability to vote, I think you have to kind of exercise it, not just for yourself, but for all those people that can't. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm voting in this election for Joe Biden reluctantly. If I can put reluctantly next to my vote and I can write that in, I totally would. Could you imagine? Reluctant votes only count as two thirds of a vote. Oh, Uh, God. No, I think they should. I think that should be a statistic, though. Like you can put. So it, it comes down to two candidates, right? It's Joe Biden versus Trump, and then you can put a number next to their name, one being, I'm not excited to vote for this person at all, hey. to three, meaning I'm very excited to vote for this person. I put a fucking one. Th- that is a that is so close to rank choice voting. Right. Which I think is desperately needed in the United States. That would be Desperately incredible. needed. I'd love to see that. Um, can you give us a brief kind of definition? For rank choice voting, yeah. So just rank, in case people don't know what. It yeah. Is. So rank choice voting is is very simple. Uh, typically, it'll have a multitude of candidates on the ballot. So, for instance, we have uh, Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Hillary Clinton. Okay. Uh, out of those five, you need to rank them, um, and then it's really based on how many of those people get the first place vote. Right. So now you get to vote for all those people, and now there's a chance. They basically get competing for a majority of of number one, rather than you just having to pick one of two. You can then say, I would have this person. I would rather have Bernie Sanders as my number one, Elizabeth Warren as my number two, Joe Biden as my number three, Hillary Clinton as my number four, Donald Trump as my number five. And so Donald Trump gets one five vote. Hillary Clinton gets a four vote, Joe Biden gets a three vote, Elizabeth a two, and then Bernie a one. Whoever gets the most one votes wins. Right. And so I I think if you want to throw it in another kind of metric, and maybe it'll confuse some people, but like a first place vote, let's say, is worth five points in this, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're voting for Bernie Sanders as your first position, you are essentially giving him five points, and then let's say Donald Trump is your least favorite candidate, 
and you would give them the fifth place position, they only get one point. Yes. So it's kind of like, how do who know? How do we win the election though? How do we know who wins? So then, ideally, the person with the most first position votes will accrue the most amount of points. Correct. Putting them number one. Yes. And so on and so forth. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I, I mean, a system like that, I think, would be phenomenal in the United States. I also think that, uh, and I don't think it's ever going to happen, but um, I think of a, of a strong ter- tertiary party appeared mm-hmm. in Congress. Um, you know, Democrat, Republican, and then progressive. Right. Um, I think that it would it would really help balance some of these elections as well. Well, I think the problem with having a, a tertiary party, and I would be totally for it, I'd be really for multiple parties like yes. that, right? So maybe even up to five, I don't know. But the problem is you have Democrats trying to straddle so many different positions at once. That's the problem. That there's just this, like, you know, seam that's growing and growing, yeah. right? So it's like, well, we're the party of, um, you know, equality, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, between all of the races, we're the party of the rich versus the poor, you yes. know, and like trying to redistribute wealth. So they have like all these progressive things that they're trying to do, and then they're also trying to do like more central type stuff versus the Republicans who kind of just like, yeah, there are more extreme sorts of. Uh, wings within the Republican side of it, but that's all the somewhat consistent. Yeah. The Republicans are pretty good at staying consistent with how they feel about you know people and, and, and corporations, um, and then they disguise it with the marginalization of minority groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, when they talk about unemployment rate, they'll say, "Oh yeah, the unemployment rate has dropped significantly," but what they won't mention is that they change the rules for how they consider unemployment. Mm-hmm. So, unemployment is anybody who has been on unemployment or receiving the social service of unemployment within the last, I think, it's twenty-four months. Okay. Um, whereas, uh, you know, if you're undocumented and you are unemployed, you're not considered in that statistic. If you are recently fired, you're not considered in that statistic. It's mm-hmm. only people who are part of unemployment within a certain time frame. Or, you know, if people are losing jobs in the Midwest or if we make a horrible trade deal with, you know, eastern countries where we're sending jobs uh, to, you know, um, uh, it, corporations and factories over in China, who are they going to point the blame at here in the United States? Right. Undocumented immigrants. They'll say that people in you know inner cities are not working hard enough, that these quote-unquote welfare queens are trying to take advantage of systems. Mm. Which, by the way, people, the, the welfare queen is the most, one of the largest propaganda campaigns that has ever been created by the right. Please don't believe anything that has ever been said about that. Um, what's... Uh, what, what I find to be, you know, most interesting though is that the the Republicans do such a great job of fear mongering with the unknown, creating xenophobia with uh, whether it be, you know, with the Syrian refugees and saying the Syrian refugees are going to come over here, they're going to bring terrorism and they're going to take all of our jobs that set fear into the hearts of millions of Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be border security, we need to build a wall because we need to keep out. You know the the Mexicans from coming into the United States, which again, by the way, people, immigration in the United States is at a net zero and dropping. More undocumented immigrants are leaving the United States than coming into the United States. Not only that, but I believe the statistic is, and please fact check me. We'll have intern do it in a little bit. I believe the statistic is two thirds of undocumented immigrants in the United States are just people that overstayed their work visa. 
I mean, I would probably agree with that. I think yeah. I think that's the number, but but please fact check me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, you know, they they just do a great job of pointing at somebody and saying that it's their fault while they give socialism to the wealthiest Americans. Um, and and that's what that's what really terrifies me about, about that. But uh, you know, to, to go off of your point with with Joe Biden, um, and we were discussing this earlier today. Uh, you know, I, I I'm not going with this vote blue no matter who. Um, I think Joe Biden, the Democratic establishment, needs to earn my vote. They worked together to completely destroy the progressive movement with Bernie Sanders. Um, look, the Democrats are not are not stupid people. They know what the people want. The problem is, is that they're tied to their corporate, their corporate donors, and they don't necessarily want to stray from them because they're afraid it's going to destroy their power. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, ultimately, I want somebody. I want the government working for me. I don't want the government working for um, the the corporations. And if and if they can't do that, then you know, I I think that we have a serious issue. But. Biden has to move on a couple of positions if he wants my vote. One, he uh, Medicare for all is a must. This um, this pandemic has showed us that we can kind of scrounge up the cash to do whatever we want, really, whenever we want. Uh, and he needs to move on eliminating student loan debt so that way millennials, after all this is over, can start investing and buying homes and you know starting to create healthy, normal lives for themselves. Um, if, if he doesn't really budge on those two positions, I don't necessarily know if I have, if I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. I mean, we live in New Jersey. We're a blue state. Uh, I think Biden's going to win our state regardless of how we vote. So I feel relatively safe knowing that I'll write in Bernie Sanders and Biden will win New Jersey. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, um... I voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016 because as I was writing in Bernie Sanders, I felt his spirit pop over my shoulder and he said, Jake, you cannot do this. I will not let you waste your vote. You have to vote against Donald Trump. And I said, Bernie, of course, you are the god. I have to appease you. So I listened to him and I voted for Hillary Clinton and she lost. And she lost because the Democratic establishment doesn't know how to effectively campaign in the Midwest and they thought that, you know, uh, Donald Trump may have been the most disliked presidential candidate in American history, having a 30% approval rating, but Hillary Clinton at the same time had a 36% approval rating, so she wasn't much better. Um, I just I just really think that Joe Biden needs to earn my vote. The Democratic establishment needs to prove to me that they are going to take care of the people, that they understand what the people need and what they want, and that we're going to serve, again, the people, not corporations. So my rousing speech about privilege did absolutely nothing for you. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I I totally understand your point. It's the notion of yeah, they the DNC has definitely not earned our vote at all. But I think what it comes down to is you have to make these really difficult crunch time decisions sometimes. Yeah. You know, and look, election day comes around. I'm not going to be happy voting for Joe Biden. Like no. I said before, I'm going to throw a one next to his name if it was that was a thing yeah just so he knows that i wasn't happy about it i want him to know that anthony Giroux of new jersey does not want to vote for you but i have to because yeah. that's how our shitty election system is set up it's not democracy you know i and i was talking to i was talking to a buddy the other day about this um which 
we I don't know if he'll want us to refer to him by name, but uh, he is a he is a very he's a very odd person. Uh, he's got a very strange voice, and I'm sure we'll reference him at some point during the show. This could be any one of your friends. Uh, this is this is the this is the this is the friend who has a very specific voice that we use all the time and references Alabama. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, he's he's a he's a character. Um, but we were talking the other day, and you know, I I I was really I was really abhorred by the um, by the way that we we go about our primary elections. In that some states vote six months or almost six months before other states. So our first primary election was late February mm-hmm. with Iowa, and then New Jersey, our state, wasn't set to vote in the primary until I think June twelfth. I think it might even be a little bit later than that. Yeah, it's like it which is like June twenty seventh, which is absurd if you really think about it. Right. I think that the entire country should vote at once because if that's the case, you know, I think Bernie Sanders wins. Um, Possibly, yeah. And uh, even the president. And I sent you this tweet not too long ago. Um, the president put on Twitter that if on Super Tuesday, if the Democratic establishment didn't come together, Bernie Sanders would have dominated every single state he was up in the polls by almost 10 10 points in every single state before everybody dropped out and rallied around you know quote unquote rallied around joe biden right um it's just a this is just a sad reality um this is i i I think it's a it's a really sad day in politics um i think that we need to be grateful that bernie sanders was a champion for so many young Americans, he he really did. He he rallied the progressive movement and got millennials and Gen Zers to really take a look at at the the situation that older generations have put us in, and uh, and really push forward um, for us to become politically active. And 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 I appreciate that. I really do. Uh, but you know what? It, it it's it's just it's tough to see that we have worked so hard. Um, and Bernie had made such progress and that the Democratic establishment was just too large and we couldn't take down the giant. Yeah. To add to that, though, I think I would totally agree that Bernie Sanders has inspired, you know, two generations, really, to at least consider running for office. I know prior to when he campaigned in 2016, I never would have thought a million years. Let me at least think about running for office. You know, maybe my ideas are worth listening to or... Maybe I could improve a small community or something mm-hmm. like that. But I got to tell you, like, after seeing the progress he makes and seeing how people respond to his message, like, I can at least think about it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't have any plans right now to do anything. And, you know, I'm 27 years old, right? That's typically an older person's game. But, you know, I, I'm at least thinking about it. Like, maybe there's something we could do to change some part of the country for the better mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did want to briefly mention for people that were big Bernie supporters that are devastated by him you know dropping out and to be clear you're like yeah he is dropping out there's no like secret agenda here he's suspended no. his campaign which means he has dropped out mm-hmm. are you about to bring up the 25% rule yes good 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 here's a fun little fact I learned uh, after he had suspended his campaign so there's this thing called the 25% rule, and it states that a 
candidate vying for the Democratic nomination, if they get 20% of the delegates, which in this case is 1,200, it's 1,200, Bernie has over 900 right now, and we have 20, I think, six states left that still have to vote. So if he gets about mm, 12, 13 delegates per state, I mean, he has the required delegate count to mm -hmm. make this rule work. What does the rule do? Basically, it gives him a very minor say in the official platform of the Democratic Party. That mm -hmm. means that Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders kind of have to work together a little bit to put out something that says, this is what Joe Biden is going to campaign for. This is what Democrats can be expected to vote for. There you go. So, you know, if we, let's say he doesn't get this, right? Joe Biden and the DNC can do whatever the hell they want. They can run with whatever platform that they deem necessary. If we are to get this 1,200 delegate, the 25% rule active, Bernie Sanders gets a voice. Yes. You know, and his campaign, you know, wasn't for nothing. Mm -hmm. Not that it ever was, but I'd like to have him get something in there. Yeah, I would very much like for him to push Joe Biden to the to the the democratic socialist left just on one position yeah now mind you for again like i said before i really want biden to move over on two major positions which is medicare for all and uh, eliminating student debt um but i mean if bernie can push him in the in the direction of student debt or if Bernie can get him to fight for a, um, a living wage, $15 minimum wage, yeah. or if he can get him to push for non-interventionism uh, and reduce military spending, mm -hmm. if he could, if he gets him to pick Nina Turner, who's one of the, the campaign chairs for Bernie Sanders' campaign, she is a state congresswoman for uh, Ohio, um, if he can get her or get her to become vice uh, vice um, president, or um, if he can push him to to really fight for Medicare for all, something, mm -hmm. something, uh, I will feel better going to the voting booth yeah. and then selecting Joe Biden's name, knowing that Bernie's not going to become president, but because of how much we fought, they we we earned something from our platform. Yeah. And the worst part is, is like New Jersey didn't even get a chance to vote, right? We, we still will have our election. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like prior to him dropping out, we didn't even get a chance to like throw our idea or like our opinion in there and be like, yeah, we totally support you, Bernie. Yes, and that's what I would totally agree with you saying. No, um, I I totally agree with you know everybody should have voted at once, right? Uh -huh. We should have had one national election, yeah. or primary, figure out who the candidate was going to be and then just you know for the next few months you just you know yeah, campaign you? for that candidate like I don't know like I get why races are sexy media loves it it's just drama and everything like this is the this is the hottest thing yeah. that can happen in politics right now and they're going to milk it for every drop what's what's incredible to me it just seems it just seems wildly undemocratic you know what I mean? Like every single state goes off and we vote. Then you they get delegate they get delegates that um that are allocated based on the percentage of our votes that they earned. Yeah. And then they go to the DNC, they go to the convention. Mm -hmm. And at the convention, you could you could win every single delegate, but you need to be voted in by the convention and then you become the 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 um nominee. Mm. So Bernie Sanders could have won 
you know, every single delegate from every single state gone to the convention and then still been still that nomination could have been stolen from him if the delegates or the superdelegates did not want him to become the nominee. Right. It just it just seems like they're taking our quote unquote suggestion mm. as to who the uh, the nominee ought to be. And then they're just they're being like, ah, well, you know, the uninformed, stupid public doesn't really know what's good for them. We'll select for them. Right. It just seems silly to me. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that seem silly about our sort of democratic process. Like, you know, why does it take so long to elect a new president? Hmm. Like, everybody knows what the platforms are. And if they don't by now, they've been asleep. Yes. I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who does it, who couldn't tell you, like, oh, this is what Biden thinks, or this is what Bernie thinks, or this is what Trump thinks. And if they don't know and they don't care, they'll just kind of vote for whoever anyway. And then there's going to be a lot of people that stay home because only like what a third yep. of the people in this country and the people in this country actually vote. Probably a little bit more. I don't know what voter turnout was in the last election. I think it was wasn't good. I think it was dra- I think it was very low, very low. Let's I, actually look that up. Thirty-five percent is a number that immediately comes to mind for me. Um, but it's it's never high. It's never like wow, seventy-five percent of eligible voters voted. Like this is the leader of your country and I think the problem is is people have become so disenfranchised by everything that's happening so here we go in 2004 55.7% of voting age population turned out 2008 58.2 that's Obama okay Obama uh, first year Obama's second term was 54.9% 2016 was 55.7% all right uh, I do know that in New Jersey, our gubernatorial election was 38.6%. Maybe that's where I'm getting the number from. But it's still not good. It's barely more than half. That's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. And the majority of those people are older Americans. Right. Which means that younger age people, again, voting age population doesn't tell you the, the proportion of how many are 18 versus how many are 70. Right. It's just whoever's eight, who's ever eligible at yeah. that point. Right. So those younger people are not coming out, which is crazy because, you know, in terms of polling, Bernie Sanders was favorable, I believe, at the end of his campaign. I think it was 76% of people 18 to 35 saw Bernie Sanders as favorable. 18 to 35 for Joe Biden, 30% find him favorable. Yeah, it's 30%. Then it was 36 to 55. I think it was like... 48% 48% saw him favorable, and it was 55 and above. It was like 80-something percent. Yeah. And those are the people who are coming out. Yeah. I mean, that's... The problem is a lot of these people are retired, right? So they don't have anything going on. Yep. You know, if they do have a job, you know, it's probably part-time or something like that. Well, they can just mosey on over, have a cup of coffee, vote, chat it up with the people there, and then go home. It's not a big deal. Versus a millennial person that's like, okay, I definitely want to vote for Bernie Sanders because he has... He meets all of my checkpoints, but I have to work two jobs today, and which I'm, is yep, which is why <laughs> election day should be a national holiday. Right, I have to work two jobs today, so I'm not going to get to vote until like 7:30. Oh no, the lines are really long. I'm really tired from working my two jobs today. Uh, you know, I'll just go home. My vote doesn't matter. So, um, Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell are currently blocking any talks in the Senate uh, and in the House. Um, for mail-in ballots mm-hmm. for the twenty for the twenty twenty presidential election, yeah. which is brilliant by them, because Trump has said flat out in, in, in um, 
news briefings. He said it, yeah, he said it on camera. Yeah, he, he was just like, I if more people come out, then I'm not going to win. Right. If everybody gets a chance to vote, like, there will never be another Republican yeah. nominated. That was the quote. That yeah. was the quote. And I'm like, yeah, Donald. <laughs> That's how that works. Because <laughs> you're not popular. Yeah, I mean, like, look, if you, like, legitimately, if, let's say, uh, what is the population of the United States, like, 30? 330 uh, million. 330 million, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, like, legitimately 200 million people voted Republican, Right. And I realize I'm forgetting about children and all this kind of stuff. I'm just talking like big numbers here. Yeah. If the majority of Americans genuinely feel that the Republicans support them and they have their best interests at heart, you got it, right? Yep. I, I will totally give it to you because that's what a true democracy is. Now, if they don't and they've just been lying and cheating this whole time, which they have, why they don't deserve to be there. Yep. I want a fair election. I will... Except whoever is the winner, but I want it to be fair, yep. right? I'm going to bitch and moan about it, sure, but I won't take away from the fact that it will at least a fair election. Yep. Yep. And I think that's really the problem here, right? Because there's two choices, and that's it, right? So it's like you're always going to be disappointing like an average of 50% of the people, right? Well, and, and not only that, but it, two choices, two poor choices. It's like every, every presidential election, we're choosing whether or not you want to be stabbed or shot. Right. And which one is going to hurt less? And the worst part is when nobody has health care, so even if you are stabbed or shot... <laughs> you're, you're done. You're done anyway. You're going to get the gangrene. Yeah. And the worst part is if you vote for Joe Biden or Trump, they will probably touch you inappropriately to try to calm you down or whatever. Yes. Like, I don't know what the... What, what is with the touching? Both of these guys are like touchers. Because they're old men. That's what they do. Yeah, but like... Did you ever grow up and your parents were like, oh, hey, like, don't touch anybody unless they say it's cool, right? Like, that was Always. that was something I internalized. I was like, oh, I shouldn't be touching these people. High five, handshake, like a hug as long as both people are going in for it. Totally fine. Anything beyond that, like, definitely questionable at the very least, but at the very most, fucking creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, but I think that I, it's going to sound cliche, but I think... Uh, power corru- corrupts absolutely, mm. and uh, when when you are a Joe Biden or a Donald Trump, and people answer to your every beck and call, um, you develop a mindset that uh, you own everyone, or that you know you're doing them a favor by touching them. You're doing them a favor by giving them attention. You can feel that a woman may like you, and therefore you can progress that you know that perception however you please mm-hmm. and uh they go about and, and do things however they see fit and um to us that's wrong because i'm going to reference john mulaney here in his most recent stand-up when he's talking about Mick Jagger. he goes you know Mick Jagger doesn't walk into a room and knock on the door and say, "Oh, hey, uh, sorry, um, sorry to bother you, but uh, but could you could you help me like maybe take out the trash?" Mm-hmm. Like Mick Jagger doesn't do that. Mick Jagger points to somebody and says, "You fucking take out my trash," and then you you say, "Yes, Mick Jagger, of course I will take out your trash, and I right. will love doing it." And then you go out and do it. You know, uh, Joe Biden doesn't walk in to a room and then feel like he needs to earn your attention. He feels like he is entitled to your intention that he's entitled to you loving him right and if you don't well then we're gonna do some push-ups right <laughs> yeah 
That being said, have you ever actually seen footage of him doing a push-up? No, have you? I haven't either. I feel like he doesn't do them correctly. <laughs> and that if he's banging them out, like he says he's banging them out, or at least threatening, I oh, don't I think would... he's doing it. I'd love to see his form. You know, the only... It, notice the, the, the demographic of people he challenges the push-up contests. Donald, They're older than him. <laughs> Donald Trump and other fat white guys. Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's just the macho will, kind of thing. Uh, Joe Biden, I'll take you on in a push-up contest. Let's do it. Yeah. I will I will do a push-up contest with Joe Biden on my back. Yeah. Actually. But and then he can just kind of, you know, do his regular and then, push-ups. And then after we beat him, we'll touch him to, to console him. Yeah. Yeah, like lower back, hips. Yes. You know, like all that kind of, like all those places, all yeah. those places that you don't want to ever be touched. Ever. And then we can just whisper creepy things in his ear. Yeah, like right up, right along the side of the rib cage. Mm. Yeah. And just have it linger there for too long. Yes. Yeah. Just fingertips. Just make it feel like a ghost. Are we getting, we're, we're almost turning into like an ASMR erotica here. Yeah. And all we need is like whisper. <laughs> we're not beautiful enough for that. No, no. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to tickle the side of your rib cage. It's okay. Everything's all right. Make sure you recycle. <laughs> That's not really a socialist thing. It's more of an environmentalist thing. But I feel like they're kind of like tied together because they're both about, you know, just bettering the world for everybody. Pay essential workers more. Healthcare. <laughs> just, just general platitudes. Yeah. Well, I mean, healthcare would be nice. Yes. You know? It's like laughable that. Yeah. You know, it's that's that's even a thing that we have to be worried about at this day and age, right? Healthcare? You would think. You would think right. that it would be a right for people. You would think that we would understand that there there are a few things that are needed. You know, food, shelter, and healthcare. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're kind of past. I don't want to say. No, I think we're kind of past like the primordial like tribalism. You know, where if you can are we? Where if you can't like earn your keep, then you shouldn't be able to like feast with the rest of the tribe. That's every frat house in America. Oh, that's, but that is like that is rock bottom for human life. You walk into a fraternity house, and what you see is just you've regressed two hundred fifty thousand years of human evolution. You you watch an Australopithecus swing from a chandelier and then crash onto a table and then jump up and all the rest of the chimps are like cheering him on you, you know austin <laughs> <laughs> no that was chuck <laughs> yeah no I, I, I healthcare is one of those complicated topics but maybe we can save that for another week oh yeah all yeah. i can say is jersey and for all the other country uh, countries all the other states that have might voted, as well be boy do i have some thoughts <laughs> on how different states are like different countries hashtag new jersey secede yeah New Jersey, all the other states out there that haven't voted yet, vote for Bernie Sanders. Get him that 25% rule, mm-hmm. and then we can at least have a say in the official Democratic platform. Fight's not over. Joe Biden may not be your candidate, but I would suggest voting for him in the general election. Jake might tell you different, but... I'm going to say, if you choose to vote for Joe Biden for the sake of uh, going to oppose Donald Trump. I understand that, and I respect it. Uh, I'm not going to tell you not to do that. What I am saying is that don't feel like, don't concede or bend the knee to the Democratic establishment because you feel like Joe Biden is the only option. They need to earn your vote. 
they need to know that there is a chance that Bernie supporters will not vote for Joe Biden and that they need to listen to us. They need to hear our voice. And if they don't do that, then we're just feeding into the cycle of Democratic establishment. And then we're going to be saying the same thing four years from now when uh, whoever it is, the progressive candidate, will be going up against the establishment candidate and, you know, we, we, we start this cycle. Um, you, don't, you do not have to vote blue no matter who. But we do have to defeat Donald Trump. So, again, for me, New Jersey, Joe Biden's going to win. I feel very, at least at this moment, I feel very confident that Joe Biden's going to take New Jersey and that I could vote in Bernie Sanders because it's just going to make me feel better. Um, but for the, for you know, anybody else who, who if, if he happens to move over in any, um, uh, on any policies or if he, you know, uh, uh, if you feel like he is going to beat Donald Trump, so therefore you need to give your vote if you're in a swing state, I absolutely implore you to vote for Joe Biden. That way we can get a blue state going. Um, but don't, you're not stuck. The fight is still on. Do what you can. Push the Democratic establishment to our policies. And then uh, come November, um, let's give Donald Trump a run for his money. Healthcare.